sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to the She Can, She Did podcast. I hope you're all well and having a marvellous day so far. If you're tuning in for the first time, hello, you are listening to the podcast that shines one big bright light on women in their teens, 20s and 30s who've dared to go solo and launch their own businesses around the UK and asks them to open up and chat to me about everything they've had to face behind the scenes, both amazing and at times utterly despairing, to get to where they are with their businesses today. For today's episode, I ventured down to one of my favourite parts of the UK in Exeter to meet a woman that has been recommended to me on numerous occasions since I launched She Can, She Did. When I saw that she'd bought a ticket to the most recent midweek mingle in Bristol, I tried my hardest to play it cool, but hunted her down during the networking sesh and lo and behold, she agreed to chat to me on here. The lady in question is Lauren Aston, the founder of her self-titled creative business affectionately referred to as Lad, that she launched Launched four years ago, that hand makes giant chunky knits bought by the likes of the Beckham family, more on that later, and more recently, DIY knit kits that provide her customers with all of the tools and instructions to make her designs themselves. Flanked by her cockapoo Parry, who you will hear huffing and puffing on numerous occasions throughout this recording, he is unbelievably cute so it's impossible to be mad, the two of us sat down in her living room to discuss the evolution of her business story so far. We chat about the early days of Lad when it was just Lauren knitting at home on her own and how she grew the business to the extent that she now leads a team of eight, had to find an office because her designs were taking over her house and learnt quickly to prepare for the thousands of orders that she receives throughout the year, how she She's utilised Joanne Hawker's March Meet the Maker campaign each year to grow an engaged audience on social media and her refreshing views on paid ads and why she refuses to work with a number of brands that reach out to her to the more challenging aspects of being your own boss that she's had to confront behind the scenes over the years, including the impact breaking her arm had on her mental health last year and her experience dealing with intellectual property law when a number of Chinese companies used images of Lauren wearing her own designs to sell knockoff versions for much less in 2017. After chatting to Lauren, it's no surprise to me why her company is doing as well as it is. Because, incredible designs aside for a sec, she isn't afraid to embrace her inner weirdo and say it's how it is. And because of that, you can't help but warm to her and root for her to win. Not on the High Street had us, 
Christmas stockings, that yeah. the first Christmas, and that was incredible because they were in like every magazine I opened, yeah. <laughs> and it was a page ad, and it just said like even Santa's never seen this, and it said my name, and all my friends were texting me pictures, <laughs> and I've been going for like less than a year, and I was like, what's happening? And then after that, I think it was the year afterwards that the Santa hats, yeah. because the Santa hats started because they're one of our, they are our best-selling product, and they started because that first Christmas I sat down on Christmas Eve and I'd finished work, and I it was so busy. And I was like, oh, what do I, what do, I do now? <laughs> like, all the orders have left the building. Yeah. What happened? So I knit myself a Santa hat. And then I just posted a picture and I was like, Merry Christmas. And people loved it. So I was like, right, well, there's a project for next year. <laughs> they are just so, yeah. they're so good. They, thank you. Yeah. They fly. I think that, um, so we've got a team of four knitters now. And I think that they are probably fed up of them because they make them from I January onwards. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so they make hundreds every every year but I don't have to touch them or look at them anymore so I just have that like love without without kind of it being that I've seen them so much I'm fed up of them let's go back to the beginning then because I'm always interested in obviously there's so many things we could talk about like proud moments for you I'm so interested in those early days mm-hmm. where the business started how you got it off the ground like what's your background for you to now be a full-time knitter so you know every business has got like their, their line that they always say I was joking with Andy from Vinegar and Brown paper who does glass etching it's incredible and we were talking at a show because his line is like well I had depression so I quit my job and my line is well my nan taught me to knit when I was 11 (laughs) so I knew like wheel out every time and we were like should we swap stories it's getting dark but But that is my story my nan taught me when I was 11 um I didn't love it and I wasn't great at it Mm. and then I went to uni and I did fashion and textiles design and I ended up specializing in knitwear just by by pure accident Mm. I didn't ever want to do knitwear but all my friends were doing it (laughs) and then um kind of long story short we moved to Devon because my husband got a job at the airport um at Exeter and we moved down and we didn't have any friends or I didn't have a job or know what I wanted to do I went to the contemporary craft festival in Bobby Tracy oh it's so good um and there's just like hundreds of makers who are just so good the quality's Mm incredible and they're just all buzzing and there's this real atmosphere so I went there in 2014 and I was like this is amazing um so I just I didn't know what I wanted to do I just knew I needed to be in that world so I fell back on knitting I suppose because it's what I had a degree in I knew that I needed that I I could do it (laughs) and I knew that I needed it to be big so that it would be quick because Obviously, knitting, normal knitting, you can spend months making one blanket, and then how do you charge for that for your time? So if it's bigger, then it's a lot quicker. I just kind of went on a mission to to find and develop this big yarn. And like you said, at the time, nobody else was really doing it. So I just... There was no one to compare to. When I launched... I was aware of about three other people around the world doing it, so it was so. Oh my god! It was such an exciting, and the, there might have been more that I didn't know of, but I did look because you want to know if you're the only one yeah, and, yeah. and what they're doing, so that you don't do the same thing. And yeah, it was a really exciting time, and I just went for it. And I think I was there was a lot of luck involved because it was right place and right time, mm-hmm. and and I just worked very hard <laughs> with no helps. with no idea yeah. what I was doing or whether it would work. Um, That's the thing though, because I think if I look at every woman that I admire, there is that leap of faith where you do have to kind of dive in at the deep yeah. end and just hope for the best. Yeah, hope, to, hope for the best. Yeah, definitely. But like you said, you worked hard through that. Yeah. And it's you don't get the kind of oh, it's working straight away. There's a kind of you've yeah, got definitely. To put some one of the exactly. One of the questions I get asked the most by other small businesses is like, when did you know? And I yeah. replied to a question on Instagram so good. I, I'll let you know yeah. when it happens. Yeah. I've got no idea. I just, you know, you pay the bills and you keep going and if you're enjoying it, you just yeah. crack on and you just keep putting the hard work in if you think that it might be paying off or might pay off at some point, I guess. Yeah, definitely. If you didn't have your family and friends down here and you were starting the business down mm-hmm. here, how did you get the word out there? Like, what was your approach to marketing? Because you can have the best products but unless they're in front of your target audience. Mm. It yeah, means nothing. I I really had no clue, so I didn't have a business plan or anything, and I don't. I've never had much faith in myself, so I never went into it feeling like I would smash it. I just gave myself. So I went to the Contemporary Craft Festival in June, and then in like August was offered a job in like a factory, and I had to be like, 
do I either take this paid job or do I just do something that I really want to do? And I got really drunk one day in my garden by myself. And I was like... By yourself? Yeah, I was just by myself. I, they offered me the job and I just went home and I was like, what do I Hit do? So I got a whole <laughs> bottle of wine and I'm not a drinker. And I just called everyone I knew and I was like, what should I do? Knowing also that what they thought didn't actually matter or mean yeah. anything. I just needed to like mull it over and I don't know. And I just turned down the job and went for it. So I had... I, I gave myself until Christmas to make it work and see if it could work. And my goal was to get onto Not on the High Street, which I didn't manage. But they did, I applied and they said, try again. You're nearly there, try again with better pictures. And they were completely right, my pictures are dreadful. Yeah. What were you doing, just taking them on the phone I was, or something? I was taking them with a camera, but I was taking them, I didn't know about natural light. I didn't yeah. know that natural light was a thing. So I was like in my house with every lamp pointed at it. It wasn't styled very well. Mm. And I learned a lot and I did a lot of like online courses to get better and they were they were completely right when I look back like those pictures were dreadful yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my marketing was I, I got onto knots on uh, in the February and my marketing plan was just see what they would see do yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah see what if they would give me any exposure because as a new partner on knots you're promoted a bit more I just kind of figured I would see what happened and I was lucky that they liked what I was doing I say luck and it I don't you know there definitely was luck, but also what I had was a unique product. Yeah, so definitely. I had my USP and that's what I was relying on heavily mm. for all of my marketing and all of my exposure that I had something at the time that was different. Yeah, definitely. And I've interviewed a few women where Not On The High Street was just a massive game changer for them because they were on it at the right moment yeah. with that new product. Yeah. But then obviously with creatives and makers yeah. it's so easy to kind of it gets see. saturated yeah, definitely. Yeah. that's working well so let's give it a go yeah. and then suddenly <laughs> it's not so easy and unique. then suddenly there's a lot of competition yeah. yeah and you just need to keep moving forward so I think at the time my marketing was just like if you make something good people will promote it and then people will see it and hope it's the right people and I had no idea like I said I've never paid for any marketing I've yeah. never paid for any adverts I'm really pleased about that yeah, because definitely. if you can figure out a way that works for you and that you enjoy is the key so now my my way is Instagram yeah and I just love it so I'm happy to spend all my time doing yeah. it no it's good and I think that that's the thing the important thing there is that you know, people are willing to support and share if if you're offering them something yeah. good and new and yeah. exciting to share. If, yeah, exactly. But you and at the same time, you can't expect people to share yeah, if you're definitely. not putting out something that's shareable. Yeah, no, that exactly that, <laughs> but more articulate. Yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. I don't think I've ever been articulate in my life. I'm like, why am I doing a podcast? I can't speak. <laughs> okay, so very quickly then and on the high street picked up the stockings yeah I'm guessing you were missing here well, we were in, our, we were in an, our old house so it's a little too up to down and I was we converted the loft I got my dad down every weekend to convert the loft because at that point I was kind of like if it doesn't work then at least we've got a loft conversion to use for something else it's a winner <laughs> yeah it was like you know a few hundred pound and my poor dad driving from yeah. the Midlands <laughs> every weekend oh my gosh um, <laughs> and so yeah we, I was working from this tiny little loft mm. conversion it soon took over and it got too big for the loft so I took over the spare bedroom and then two years ago we moved to this house so we doubled the house size because I was so stubborn I was like I want to work from home <laughs> we just need to get a bigger house <laughs> so I took over like I mean I've spied the poster <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for the yeah. record do you want to say what the poster says yeah the poster is it's um oh, I don't know how to pronounce it properly because I can't do French very well but it's oh, Olive gosh. et Oriel all right, all right. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> uh, and it's, I have to be successful because I love expensive shit. I mean, it's true. <laughs> it is true, and um, Alex is fully on board for it. So <laughs> like, yes. Keep going. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do this. So, no, we moved and we just doubled the size so that I could take over more. So, I've yeah. got two, I had two bedrooms here the shed and the garage and then after about a year here we realised it just wasn't working and I had to get over myself and move out and, <laughs> and I think a lot of it though as well is that self-doubt and feeling like if I pay for a studio what if the business crumbles and yeah, I'm in yeah. you know I'm tied in but I think you just get to a stage where you have to take a bit of a leap of faith mm. and we've been going for like three years and it was going strong I so feel like three years hopefully. of groundwork is enough to be hopefully like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's going 
all right. <laughs> but also, I think there's a real, there's like a, a turning point for a lot of businesses where you can do that and you can invest in yourself and your business and, and give it space mm. to grow and then it will go one of two ways and you will thrive or it will yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe not. But I, I always felt like if we do this, I think we will thrive because our biggest struggle was always space yeah. and we were on top of each other. I mean, the knits are pretty big. <laughs> the knits do that quite a yeah, lot of they, Chunky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the difference between working from here from the house mm -hmm. versus working from the studio, which was last Christmas was our first year there. So we had like four people packing orders at once in the studio, whereas in the house it was like one at a time and <laughs> so it just it was incredible because we were so much more productive. And every other Christmas I've been I've been I work like 17, 18 hour days, so I just feel dead yeah. for like two months. And it's fine because there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, you can sleep soon and it's really exciting. But this Christmas I actually did get to sleep. <laughs> so that's weird. That was just as exciting. Because yeah, yeah, it was still going really well and it was we were taking orders a lot later in the year because mm -hmm. we had the capacity and it was it was thrilling. <laughs> no, I can only imagine. That first Christmas though, when it was just you in mm -hmm. that loft. And Not On The High Street picks you up, your products are on all of the magazines. That demand when it's just you, how did you deal with I think that, that? was... <laughs> <laughs> I think that was when I started getting knitters in. So mm -hmm. I realised in like October that I needed to do something. So I, th I think, anyway, so I think I got two knitters then and they were just, so and I still, I've got five knitters now and they take the yarn and I tell them what to knit and then they drop it off when they're done. All freelance, to begin with, they're freelance for a reason and it's, I can never guarantee how much work there's yeah. gonna be and it's very seasonal. Whereas now it's a lot more secure for them and they work on Christmas all year round. So they've got a list of how much, how many Santa hats, how many stockings every month that I need from them so that we can roughly stay on track. And we just forecast based on last year's sales and obviously things change every year so sometimes yeah. things get picked up that you don't imagine um, and other times things don't do as well as they did the year before or and new products are always really hard to, to gauge yeah, yeah. But, but the Santa hats have been pretty steady for quite a while so we just make thousands. <laughs> Is it literally thousands? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I do a, I do a blog just after Christmas every year and I do our like numbers of yeah. how many hats are sold because it feels like a communal effort, not just of like team lad but of all the customers because everybody's so invested and kind to us that it's like look at what we've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's I do a blog with all the numbers and like how many tons of wool we've got through and how many orders and things like that and everybody it's like yeah. everybody's favorite blog of the year. Let's talk about that more then because you obviously have such a great community on mm. your Instagram account and Instagram is such a funny one and I think that people can put so much pressure on it. Oh yeah. But what I love about you is it's all very natural. I feel like you literally are sat there typing as it's coming to you in your head. It's not, there's no like... Yeah, it just pound. falls out of my yeah, mouth. Yeah, it's a better way. It's a good chit chat. What's your approach been to Instagram from the early days? Because four years ago, it yeah. wasn't as at all no, as, and as I, it is now. No, and I didn't start Instagram for about a year. I didn't understand it and I was a bit scared of it. And then I started and I was a bit rubbish. So what were you on? Just um, not on the high street or Facebook? Or? I was on Facebook. I was kind of on Twitter. I still kind of am on Twitter, but <laughs> it, it's I, scared. I don't honestly, understand it. I'm so with you How do that. you reply or share? Yeah, like, I just, what's, it's so, what's its deal? Yeah, so I was on Twitter vaguely and Facebook um, and then I slowly started picking up Instagram and what changed Instagram for me was Duran Hawker's March Meet the Maker yeah 2016 I think it must have been and I suddenly realized that oh actually I quite like it here and I quite like paying attention to my feed and making it look nice mm -hmm. and so it just grew from there really and my following kept like doubling every year it hasn't recently because it's so much harder on okay. Instagram but it doesn't matter now because it's like you've got you yeah you build yeah. a community and then you just need to stay with them yeah. basically. What then changed again was I work a lot with Helen from the Creative Business Network and she's brilliant. The lady I met. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's great. We actually met, I was just launching my business at the same time she was launching hers so mm -hmm. she did like a get together and I just turned up like a scared little bunny rabbit and it was her first day and my first outing you know and, and that's how we met and it's just our friendship has kind of blossomed yeah. and she's really great at what she does and she also knows me very well so I 
sometimes just ask her to be my boss and I'm like I don't know what to do I don't know how to prioritize just tell me what to do you know yeah. and she's very good at giving advice based on the information that she knows about my business yeah so she said to me in 2017 you need to realize that you are your brand and you mm. need to get on board with it and I hated it <laughs> because I was like at this point I was like taking pictures of just my feet in the bottom yeah. <laughs> like, like, maybe, maybe an arm <laughs> yeah, exactly. and she said it and and she was totally right mm. and I started doing uh like Instagram stories like the talking ones and it just kind of went from there, and I and I did soon realise, and I hate it because it sounds really wanky, but I did realise that I am my brand. Yeah, and definitely. If I'm just really authentic and my ridiculous, weird self, there's so many other weirdos oh out there. Oh my god, I relate to yeah. weirdos. <laughs> weirdos are like, yeah. yeah, anything that's too pristine, yes. I can't be dealing with. No, no, there's a, very there's a like, place ooh. for weirdos, <laughs> and it is, it is yeah. very close to my heart. Yeah, definitely. So I think you just, when you are just you, obviously you can't just put something out there and expect everybody to find you, but the right, your your vibe attracts your tribe, doesn't yeah. it? And so... And there's a power in being consistent as well. Yeah. You know, like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. People don't find you straight no. away. You need to build it. Exactly. And that's why I think campaigns like March Meet the Maker are so good because people are not only all in it together, there's a hashtag where you can find what you're looking for, yeah. but there is a consistency for a yeah. month where you're opening up. And yeah. I always find it, like my Instagram feed in March, I'm always like, oh, this is so yeah, interesting. Yeah. So I, like, it's do full of speakers for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also think when your brand is named after you, that yeah. it, it yeah. does, you know, that, and that was have pure laziness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like I was thinking maybe I should knit, but if the knitting doesn't go well, mm-hmm. I don't want to name that is actually about knitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just name it after me. Yeah. But I know I do think again if it's not something that's natural to you, it's funny how quickly it can become the norm. Yeah, because my mentor was exactly the same. With she can she did it's a bit different because it's interviewing all of you yeah. but I didn't have a picture of me on the website for about four months and yeah. she was like have you got a photo on there yeah like, <laughs> who are you like no <laughs> and it's just so people weird. like people that yeah push, don't absolutely you? Yeah. and people love people relate to people so when they know that you're a real human being yeah. with you know Harry. who is with <laughs> Harry with a crazy dog <laughs> sorry if you can hear him <laughs> yeah when they know that you're like a, a normal human being mm-hmm. who is fun and works hard and has a dog and this that and the other that you relate to that loves coffee or loves tea mm. you know then it's so well, much you easier you don't like coffee oh, so I love like tea like, <laughs> tea and a biscuit yeah. <laughs> I relate to the weirdo thing yeah. but anyone you are extra weird like coffee yeah. any, any tea drinkers yeah. <laughs> they can come to my tea <laughs> but yeah like when you show people that you're a human yeah. um and they can relate to different things. Particularly what I do, I've always been very like self-deprecating and I think people just like, people like to see fails and people yeah. like to see that you're just normal and you get fake tan in the wrong place yeah. and you, <laughs> like, you do stupid things. Yeah. And when you're just honest about that, like one of the most compliments I suppose that I get on Instagram is that I'm real, which I've always found strange because I'm like, but every everybody's real. <laughs> but I get what they're saying. It's like an authenticity and it's like not trying to, hide behind the insta sham exactly that's exactly why i launched you can she did because more on the business owner perspective seeing all of these female founders everything looks so yeah Perfect. Yeah. And I'm like, no, yeah, and you're gonna run a business. Yeah. It's not like that. I'm like, oh my gosh. No. And Let's you talk have to bad days. Absolutely. You have to project a certain image, don't yeah, you? Yeah, for, for your customers and and everything else. Yeah, there's but, definitely a level. There's, there's too much whinging. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm a bit more. Yes, exactly. My, I think my, not that you asked me for a top tip, but my I top, top tip. tip. Go for it. <laughs> I'm throw one out there. My top tip would be like, if if you've got negativity Mm -hmm. try to spin it slightly positive so you can whinge as much as you want but if you do it in a fun way then it's so much more relatable and so much rather than you just going on stories and being like oh my life sucks absolutely (laughs) i always think like um have you heard the phrase radiators and drainers no so you can split it down the middle radiators are people that still talk about like the dodgy things but they'll if you're around them, I don't know, you walk away right. feeling all energised, yes, drainers <laughs> suck it all out. Oh, yeah. So, like, you'll yes. be around someone at constant negativity. Oh, yeah. And I just think that they're the people you just 
unfollow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's that. Absolutely. I went through a stage of following just like people with pretty feeds, mm. and then I went through another stage of unfollowing everybody yeah, with a pretty yeah. feed. Like anybody, my criteria now for who I follow and who I let into my Instagram space mm. is if they've got something to say. Mm. Sorry, that was the dog's tail. The dog's just running around. Yeah. That was good thing. Just, just feral. Oh, he's so cute, though. Oh. Hey, look yeah. how happy he looks. Yeah. Like, I'm like, just walking back and forth. His tail's just having a He's a busy day. boy. He's <laughs> always working. But no, I only, like, I only follow people if they've got something to say. Yeah. Like, I can't be dealing with just pretty pictures and yeah. nonsense. It, you need to have something of value to me. Yeah. Yes, otherwise it's not worth my time. Yeah, definitely. And you just shouldn't feel bad about yourself from looking at somebody else's beautiful outfit or body or <laughs> wardrobe or house. Yeah, no, it's so true. When you are your brand, and obviously that you still have products to sell, how do you draw a line in terms of, do you keep anything personal yeah. and private? What's your approach to that? Because there is there's definitely boundaries yes yes for sure there's definitely a line some of my friends really worry that I overshare on the internet but I feel like I've got a real firm line for where where that stops Mm. so I will share a lot and I'm happy to share a lot but then there's certain things that are just mine and particularly the other people in my life so I will never share a picture of like Alex or my friends without asking them if it's okay for instance because I just think that's not what they signed on for and you do you can see who's like if you tag someone you can see who's snooped can't you (laughs) like wow 500 people have just clicked (laughs) on you but I think I don't really have like a rule I just it just feels right or wrong so I'll talk about anything work related and I've definitely crossed the line some Christmases where I feel very stressed and maybe a customer said the wrong thing and I've I'll never share who it is, but sometimes I know I've crossed the line a few years ago. Well, because, like, a few years ago, I was whinging... Not... Whinging sounds... Um, (laughs) Sounds awful. But I was, like, jokily talking about certain issues that I had, like, people complaining about something, Mm. or when I don't think it's fair, and... In hindsight, I probably shouldn't have. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm really scared to email you. And yeah. I was like, no, no, you can email me. Just be nice about it. Because I don't suppose I had explained properly that when somebody emails me and just says, why is this, 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 and this, you know, instead of like, hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah. That's like, like you're having a great day. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. my angry button. Yeah. Rudeness. And so I I kind of <laughs> maybe lashed out a little bit when I shouldn't have. Hey, nature self. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, no. <laughs> I honestly, there's one thing that I won't compromise on, and it is, it's be polite. Yeah. And it, it's because manners cost, cost you nothing. Yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. I just, and I totally understand that other people have got things going on, and I'm getting, I am getting much better about it. But a few Christmases ago, when I was working 17 hours a day, mm. and customers would, or not even customers, mainly people on Etsy, <laughs> would just be like, why is this so expensive? And I would just lose it, and I was like, I don't pluck prices out of mid-air and and say hello. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't want it. Like, go somewhere else. It's quite simple. But sorry, I've gone massively off topic. No, not at all. Let's roll with that. Let's talk about pricing because, you know, like you said, you're putting in 17, 18 hours a day at the beginning and they're luxury products. They're nice. They're, yeah, they're nice. They're average. Yeah, average or best. They're, you know, they're clearly... Beautiful. How did you approach pricing and putting a value on not just the product, but your time and everything that's gone into making? Yeah, pricing's really hard. Um, And especially when you first start out and you've got no idea and no faith in yourself and everything feels like I couldn't possibly ask somebody for £100 for this thing I've made. So I a spreadsheet has always been my god for pricing. So I have a spreadsheet where I put in absolutely everything from like the postage of getting your materials to you how long everything takes how long it takes to pack your box that you're packing it in Mm. you know really thorough and then I value my time I try it depends on what it is I can do a lot of stuff in front of the tv so my hourly rate for that stuff is a lot less than like my knitting or something that would take a lot of concentration Mm. so I would charge more for that but it's what hourly rate feels right for you really so at the beginning it was less and now it's a bit more 
Yeah. And then you have to consider as well, like on the, on the high street, they take a commission. So if you're going to price for trade, then trade want 50% off your pricing. And it does all add up, but I suppose then you look at any competition. So when I started, there were loads of blankets, you know, the same, but there were other people making soft furnishings mm -hmm. and quality soft furnishings with good materials. So how much do they cost and does this sit kind of in line with them? And, you know, the world's not going to end if you price incorrectly. And... Uh, if you price too low, then you'll know because they'll be flying out and you can up your prices. And if you price too high, then you'll just bring it down if you think that you can yeah. afford to. So yeah, I, think, I don't think I've met anyone that nailed it straight away. There's no. always a period of like trial and error. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just giving yourself, giving yourself the credit that your time is worth something and also that you do need to earn a profit. Mm. When I first started, I probably would have put something out where I only earned like a pound profit just to see because I felt like it couldn't go higher and now I won't do that. If, if I think that the price is too high but I'll only earn a pound, then I just won't sell it. It's as simple as that. No, or I'll no. sell it as a knit kit. <laughs> because that's the way that my knit kits are like my, they're my favourites and they are more affordable because. I don't have to put any time in. So mm. the four hours it would take me to knit a scarf, I don't have to charge for that because you're doing that. And so it makes it more affordable and you're passing on the fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so true. This podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. In terms of your range and everything, as it's kind of over the four years, where do you look for inspiration? Or do you like go by what your community's pushing for? Um, a bit of both. I've got, since I, st so we only launched the kit last year and they really changed the business. We have a Facebook group that is just for customers of our patterns and knit kits. And it's my favourite place. Oh my on God, the that sounds so good. It's so nice. Everybody's so lovely and helpful. And like, if I, if I'm not on my emails and somebody's got a problem, then they post it in the Facebook group and everybody like tries to help them. It's just a really lovely, friendly place. So I use them a lot to find out what what they want so we've started doing yarn subscription boxes where they get they can sign up we've got a few different ones but you know you sign up and you get a box of yarn every three months and so we ask them kind of what you know would you be into this and yeah. how, how frequently and then we tailor it to them so that's one way like simply asking people and Instagram as well is great for market research mm -hmm. you know if you just oh, sorry the dog is <laughs> whinging I don't know what you want it's just attention <laughs> yeah Instagram is great for market research and you can just ask people mm -hmm. and they will tell you and it's genius and um, I think as well like what I love about that business model is that you have got you've still allowing yourself to be creative and making the, the products that you started with and obviously you've got ranges that develop there but there's also that passive income ticking over with yeah, those boxes. Yeah, the That's subscription's just, great. And it's, it's so, because obviously this is that quiet season because nobody wants mm. to knit in summer, but they've got <laughs> not. And so it's really nice. And obviously they might fluctuate, but it's really nice to know that every three months we'll be getting X amount of money yeah. and so I can plan for that and yeah, that's, yeah. it's really great. The other way we get inspiration, it, we, <laughs> that's definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I confuse them all the yeah, time. Yeah. The other way I get inspiration is I spend a lot of time on Pinterest and this time of year, like spring is the one. So there's, there's never enough time autumn, winter to do anything mm. other than make and pack orders. So I love this time of year because I can develop new things. So I spend a lot of time on Pinterest. I never never look at knitwear or I never look at competitors yeah. because I think you just get stuck in a zone of like oh well they've made that and then you can't even if you don't want to make that you can't get it out of your head yeah. <laughs> so I um not on the high street I've got great trend guides as well so I look at those and then I just look on Pinterest at like what's popular what's going on in in soft furnishings or now that we do the kits I look a lot of fashion and um, I guess that just things like color schemes yeah oh yeah. yeah and like techniques and you know is texture a thing or is minimal a thing and yeah. how how can we bring that in and I just have a lot of you come up with a lot of ideas and most of them won't work or won't fit in I get very excited at this time of year and I always want to do something different and like I'm looking at punch needle at the moment and I'm thinking sometimes I like get excited about techniques that um, would never actually work but I just always want to try something different and I think it's then about kind of refining it afterwards and figuring out <laughs> 
I think it's then about refining it afterwards and figuring out what will work with your existing mm-hmm. range, what will fit in naturally and normally and organically without being a complete random yeah. jump. Or oh, Lauren's having a whip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, yes. yeah. She's got a fun one. <laughs> I think but it's, it's so exciting. You want to do just something a bit different yeah, sometimes, yeah. don't you? I'm, sh- I'm just going to get the dog a treat. challenges because you have mentioned some feedback from Etsy customers um, <laughs> and the long hours you know the reality is it's never going to be plain sailing so when you look back over the past four years have you had any standout days that have really tested you? I think the hardest well work-wise the hardest time was the Santa hats because they got quite popular people started stealing well people started copying them and then particularly companies in China started stealing my images so they were copying the project and then using my image with my face to sell their <laughs> their knockoff version for like three pounds so there was a, there was a while a few Christmases ago where my face was all over loads of random websites and we were just spending our days like full days sending cease and desist Um, because it was also giving us quite a bad name because people were like "Um, are you selling to this place because I've got one and the quality's rubbish I was like no it's nothing nothing to do with me they're just completely ripping me off (laughs) so that was really hard and it was hard to learn how to deal with it because obviously as a creative business IP is so difficult to kind of guard and it's so expensive to do anything about it so we in that case we got um a cease and desist from a solicitor friend you can also get templates off the internet you do have to be a little bit careful um but generally we were just getting the cease and desist and we were filling out the details and because it was so obvious that it was because it was my face on the pictures they had no argument so it's a lot harder if somebody's just copied a product you you should always get legal advice then but if it's your picture you can get a cease and desist you can fill out the details and you like paste in you know where where it is on their website that they've used it and paste in your original posting of that picture and then you can ask them to remove it so we were doing that a long for a long time and then we had to go through like it was all over Amazon so we had to like go through their complaints and stuff like that so that was tough because it was um it was like a work challenge but it was also it felt really personal yeah, yeah, definitely. and it was a real copycat situation and a real I just hated having my face I was going to say having my face violated. <laughs> <laughs> having that, like, that violation. Yeah, hugely. And I think as well, it, it takes you out of your house, doesn't it? It's in, like, it suddenly, you're not just you knitting yeah. and having this amazing yeah. little business. Yeah. Suddenly it's like, oh, okay, this creative business is, now I'm having to raise my game a bit and talk to lawyers and yes. talk to this. And yeah, the bits, the, different you, hats. the bits yeah. that you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do, I mean, it's hard enough dealing with the accounts and stuff. Oh, don't. But <laughs> dealing with lawyers and yeah. things like that, it's just beyond, you know, you never want to have to deal with that stuff. And so there's a lot of resources on the website and I think that um, I posted something on social media and a lot of people, you know, a lot of lawyers who follow me got back to me and gave me suggestions it was amazing and I think that um in those kind of situations you need to be careful about not naming and shaming in my opinion but I think that kind of reaching out to other people and saying I've got this issue um and keeping them anonymous is how I've always done it Mm. what do I do you'll be surprised at how many people come to help you with with proper advice not just like that's what I love about the power of online communities is you never know who's watching exactly will have something valid exactly yeah always going to stand by to help yeah few dodgy ones but like (laughs) always um, I always think like yeah you it's what you're saying earlier by the tractor tribe there'll be yeah a lot of support there to fall back on any others um, well, on a personal level, last year I broke my arm um, and I had to have an operation and basically everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And that was that was a really hard time. That was I, I suffered a lot. So it was in August that I broke it and then I had the operation in September. So And I had um, anxiety and depression for quite a while afterwards. Um, I'm still having a lot of counselling, um, which I absolutely love. <laughs> I recommend to everyone I speak to. But yeah, it, it really messed with me and I found it very difficult to 
to like, well, to get up in the morning, to have any enthusiasm about anything other than wanting to like stay in bed and cry. Well, it takes away your purpose, doesn't it? It does. It completely, yeah. and you know, and of course it's my arm. Yeah. And I've, I felt really silly about it because there's so many people in the world that suffer and I was like, oh, I can't use my arm, mm-hmm. you know, get, get a grip is how I felt. But in hindsight, it was huge, and it was my job. I used my hands for my job, and I couldn't knit, and I, I could hardly do anything. Mm. And it ran up to Christmas. You ran up to Christmas. Um, then we got the studio in October. So luckily, when it got busy, I just had to step up, and it really helped me. Um, so I just, it's just hard to like look back and think how like what you did right or wrong about a situation. Mm. Is that yeah, yeah definitely. I feel um, like hindsight it's always it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you're here now. Yeah, and it obviously is it's much better now and it's much easier, but it was really hard and it's hard to kind of vocalise the why or the how it was hard because ultimately it was just a broken arm with mm-hmm. a bit of an operation and a lot of nerve damage and <laughs> it's so but, subjective though, isn't it? That's your livelihood. Like yeah. your arms are yeah. what you need I think to do that was what was hard, yeah. And yeah. and it was that kind of positive spin and I was trying to to not show how bad it was and I actually looked back at I had to find something in my archive stories the other day and I came across that kind of that time like after my operation and I thought wow I I did hide it well I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing Mm -hmm. but I understand that not many people would have realised quite how hard it was for me at the time and I think that you just need to understand that there's a light at the end of the tunnel in some in some scenarios and my depression was nothing like what a lot of other people go through and I'm very lucky and counselling is the best thing ever (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's sometimes like the hard reality of running your own business is that when things aren't always going to plan outside of work and there's still a job to be done you have to find some kind of energy somewhere yeah. to get through it, don't you? Yes, and it really shows In a shows least you. dramatic way, I hate how that sounds, but no. it's like you do have to kind of buckle up. Yeah. And... You have to, yeah, and and like I say, my, my mental health wasn't nearly as bad as a lot of people's, mm-hmm. you know, suffer with, so it was easy for me to just... I suppose get on with it whereas I, I completely understand yeah. it's not for everybody that's not the situation for me I needed to I was so scared of everything because I fell off my bike it's how I broke it and a lot of kind of stuff got tangled up in that in in my head so I felt like if I walk down the street and I fall over you know yeah. oh god I'll break myself again and so I was just scared of everything so in in <laughs> <I'm drinking>. yeah. <laughs> it's fine we'll go with it <laughs> We don't know it. <laughs> Honestly, he's like the loudest dog in the world. <laughs> Good boy, you're done. Good lad. Yeah, so for me it was like, in many ways, what I needed to do was get on with it to learn that I wasn't going to break. I wasn't going to fall down and break yeah. again. And that was a one-off situation. So it, it's all circumstance, isn't it? So yeah, for me, it was about just kind of cracking on and and learning to experience that it would be okay but at the time I just didn't want to be I didn't want to show my face really so I stopped doing Instagram for a long time particularly stories and I was just reposting old pictures and I just didn't feel myself and I think it's really important to know that when you don't want to do it you don't have to do it hugely there's such a pressure and there's you know so many posts out there about how to beat the algorithm and you need to do xyz and you have to be on your stories every single day every moment and i just kind of think like only if you have something useful yeah, to say absolutely like, it's so it does my head in it really yeah. like that's i'm not a coherent way to say it, but like <laughs> that is what happens yeah it no it's in. really frustrating because it puts this pressure on you that you don't need yeah you one of the pressures that i really struggle with is i look on instagram at these accounts that I absolutely love and really admire and I kick myself because I'm not as good as them and then I remember that actually I'm not a content creator I'm a small business exactly and I don't need to be there constantly that isn't my job this is just part of my job exactly that and luckily for me it's part of my job that I really love so I'm willing to put my time in um if I'm not up for it that night then I will not do it and I try to I try with Instagram I try to schedule so theoretically I post Tuesdays Thursdays and Sundays now which really helps to have a structure and you can plan it and I can then plan my feed in advance and of course if something changes then I can put something else down Um, but it helps me to have some kind of structure I've noticed 
on Instagram recently, and we mentioned it in Bristol when we had a little chat, that Disney approached you, and like these big brands are approaching you, which I just think is amazing, uh, but Disney particularly. Disney's a good one to work with. What's that dynamic been like, again, when you are used to being a creative, working, knitting away, to suddenly having to deal with global brands and contracts and deals? Yeah. Um, what's that hat been like to wear? I mean, I don't do much of that. Disney was a dream, and so I get approached quite a lot. Who says no to Disney? Who says Come no on. to Disney, <laughs> honestly? I get approached quite a lot, but most of the time I'll say no because it just doesn't feel right because I need to remember that my sole purpose in life is to, to sell knitting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is to do knitting and then hopefully vlog it so I can pay the bills. So I really wanted one of those little vacuum cleaners that he was by itself but I said no because <laughs> because how do I blend that in seamlessly whereas Disney and certain projects like that just feel like they can fit so I think it's about knowing what will work yeah. really authentically and not just saying yes because you want a free vacuum cleaner not you know and a vacuum cleaner might work really well for you <laughs> <laughs> but so it's been really interesting and I suppose you just grow with it don't you it, none of these things just happen overnight they don't happen overnight and very suddenly and it's not like you wake up and you're like oh okay now Disney want to work with me it's, you build up to that and you need to remember that these people come to you for a reason, they come to you, which is really hard mm. to believe in yourself. And I had a massive meltdown when I was creating the content and I was like, I'm not good enough, <laughs> they're gonna hate it. But they came to me for a reason and I just need to deliver on that. I just need to do what I do and do it how I do it and not try to change to, to suit them. So I think you just, you just learn with it and as long as you, it's all authenticity, isn't it? You just need to stick to who you are and what you do and remember the roots. It's like with the project development. You can look at all of these different things, yeah. but ultimately you need to stick with what you do best yeah, because definitely. that's why people are there and you can bring other bits into it, but keep that at the core and keep your, your like customers and your following, I suppose, at the core because without them, you're just somebody making pictures of Disney for no reason. And a lot of the time... With companies like Disney or companies that just really know their brand, mm. they will approach you because they know it will work, if that makes any yeah, sense. Definitely. Some people will just approach you because you've got a following. Yeah. Um, and I think you can tell, it's like we were saying earlier about the gin, you know a gin's <laughs> going to be good if the bottle's great. It's yeah. like if you know the Disney bottle is great and you know that, so they are going to have done their research, they're going to know that what you make will fit in with them. Absolutely. Whereas... And that helps with that self-belief. Yeah. Disney have approached you because you're good. Yeah, and then try not to do what I did and cry about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. It's just a reality, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, a little wobble here and there. Oh, God, I'm going to hate it. What have I done? I honestly said to Alex, I was like, who do I think I am? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I didn't approach them. I need to just remember. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> about yourself since day one of this business? I think I've learned that I, I've learned that my kind of business side of me is a lot more capable than I realised. Mm. Um, there's a lot of things I absolutely can't do, like cooking and <laughs> I'm rubbish at cleaning. <laughs> but I can, you know, somehow run a business. I don't, I'm not very good at prioritising, but I, I think I'm a people person. Mm. So I think that if you just harness what you're good at and and you just go with it again buzzword authentically yeah. <laughs> then then that's how you kind of can excel mm -hmm. by just playing to your strengths I suppose yeah, so I think I've learned that I'm I suppose a bit better than I thought I was <laughs> four years in it's going good yeah it's, it's going all right and if I said describe yourself as a businesswoman what would you say oh see I don't see myself as a businesswoman which is I I think I that's a lot of eyes, sorry, I'm just fumbling. I, um, I, I. I have on <laughs> Damn it. <Another> one. <laughs> on my wall in the lounge I've got some wire words that say normal gets you nowhere. Yeah. And I feel like that probably describes me as a businesswoman. Yeah. <laughs> Literally love that. Man. I love that so much. Goes back to the weirdo thing. I'm exactly. Like, yes. um, exactly. Like you don't have to be a certain way to to tick the boxes. Do you? you can yeah. if you're if you're killing it in your field, if you're slaying in your lane, yeah. just go for it. <laughs> it's so true. And again, from my perspective, it is all of those quirky little bits that make 
someone interesting to yeah. chat to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if everyone's doing the same thing, I'm like, oh, how dull. Um, yeah. The same answers. Yeah. And, and it's frustrating sometimes. Like, when we first moved into the studio, we had a lot of, like, middle-aged white men wandering in. And they'd be like, oh, what are you doing? And we would say, oh, we, we're a knitwear company. And they were like, oh, good luck with that. Oh. And they would all, they all left by saying, good luck with it. And it's like, oh, thanks. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. And, and it really used to wind me up because I felt like but I'm doing okay like I don't need your weird (laughs) patronising comment and now I feel like embracing it like okay yeah good luck to me (laughs) I'm weird it's not what you would do and I wouldn't do what you do and that's fine I always hate (laughs) any kind of cynicism like that with a kind of pinch of salt game on yeah I'll prove you wrong yes, attitude in exactly. fact I like revel in that yeah. like you have a little yeah. wobble where you're like oh he's such a prick yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you'll like, see yeah. I'll show you you'll, you'll, you'll like, never see them again in your life yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll, I will show you strange man yeah. yeah exactly yeah. what about switching off when you are <laughs> what's that yeah <laughs> I saw that on a post did you do that this morning or something I or... did one yesterday yeah, yeah. yeah. somebody was like what hobbies I mean, do you have here we are it's Easter Um, But no, in the grand scheme of things, now that your hours aren't as hectic, let's rephrase, now your hours aren't as hectic as they were at at the beginning, what do you do when you're not knitting? Yeah, and this time of year, like I say, is our kind of downtime, Mm. so I really enjoy it. And I I don't have any hobbies. Last year I tried to exercise (laughs) and I started cycling. Um, (laughs) That didn't end well. So I I think my main thing is just friends and we've got a lovely group of friends down here now and so I just like spending time with them which is really lame because that's what everybody likes to do and I wish I had a weird hobby. No, no, (laughs) But um, Alex works shift so it works really well for us that he, like he's got the next few days off so we can do whatever we want now really. Oh, obviously it's Easter, but yeah. if it wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was really mumbly and mumbly. <laughs> no, but it's so true, and I think that you can't beat just switching off with people that you trust and love, and it's not effort. No, just... I love my job so much, and I honestly love knitting so much that like I come home and I'll just knit something that I want to knit, and inevitably it'll turn into a knit kit because <laughs> why, why not? But I, I just enjoy my day to day so much. I don't feel like I need to do anything else for my kind of self-enjoyment levels so then it is just about chilling out with the people that you that you love I love that it's still fun for you because so many people I've met started a hobby and turned that into a business and then now see it's it's just yeah it's it's literally the job I think it kind of fallen out of the downtime yes and I think that the evolution of my business has really helped in that we don't really do that much of the big knitted you know the big blankets where that was all we were doing to begin with now they it's a small portion of what we do and it's still a you know an important part of the business but most of it is about the knit kits and what's so exciting about that is that I get to design new ones constantly so it's always something new and something different yeah so Mm. I'm not just and that's where I've got the knitters because they thankfully (laughs) love them they can knit all of the repetitive stuff and I don't ever have to look at a Christmas stocking yeah. again, hopefully. Yeah. And then I wish, just... by the way, it's Victoria Beckham. Oh, I well. mean, that's oh, that was the weirdest no, noise I've ever made. Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like that. That is exactly, yeah, yeah. I feel like I would make that noise as well if Victoria Beckham bought my Christmas stockings for David Beckham and her kids. Mental. It was madness. The, the, That's like unreal. It does feel like I should just retire. Yeah, like you made it. Like you cannot. Yeah, you peaked. Yeah, I am downhill from it. Yeah, nothing will ever get better than yeah. that. I interviewed Veronica Dearly and she spoke on my August panel last year and one of her quotes was shared by Reese Witherspoon. <gasps> and I'm like, that's madness. Yeah. Like, Victoria Beckham owning Christmas stockings, Reese Witherspoon yeah. sharing your work. Can you beat that? I'm sorry. No, like, I don't think so. I think the only thing that would come level to it, but I don't think you could beat it, the only thing that would come level would be Beyonce. Well, <laughs> <on>. Yeah. <laughs> but I still think that would be level because... Posh, like when I mean, I, mean, I was Girl. Spice Girls generation. Yeah. You know, I I grew up with them, yeah. and when we would play Spice Girls, I was Posh Spice. Yeah. <laughs> it was like any of the other Spice Meant Girls would have been as good. Yeah. yeah, it just you can't beat it. And now she's literally like this fashion moment. Oh my god, yeah. And I'm like I just everything. Just, I love it. And yeah. she's got a sense of humour with it. Yes. I just love it. Right. Yeah. She's just the good best. one to have. Thank you. Yeah. Definitely. Come good. on, Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not greedy at I all. Mean, <laughs> I don't think she's going to be listening to the podcast. She's going to manage her expectations. Here. I 
don't think we're gonna get her. <laughs> you are listening, B. Yeah. <laughs> you can have anything you want. <laughs> okay, Lauren, rounding up. Yeah. I always feel like there needs to be some mystical music here. I need to set the scene. Do you want me to sing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I could entice the door, though. I'll start a sentence, you finish it. Okay. okay. Number one. Being my own boss means don't say freedom. You're oh, about to. Bollocks. Yeah, at least not. You're about to shave, and I've heard that on the past. Oh, okay. Which is great. Hang on, let me think of a good one. You can say freedom and. Yeah, I was, and I had two words earlier. Hang on. Oh, am I supposed to be? I thought we were just like no, no, off. No, no. I'll be on that. <laughs> Sit back. Um, <laughs> I had a hang on, hang on. I just need a minute to think about what it was. I know that this isn't the point of it. Take two. <laughs> Number one. Being my own boss means <laughs> it does not mean freedom. <laughs> because you told me not yeah, to say that. Don't say it. <laughs> I heard it too much. Yeah, no. I was going to say, like, freedom and the, like, empowering yeah. of of kind of being your own boss. Oh, that, that is the question. No, no, keep going. But, like, being in charge and being able to, to kind of do whatever you want and see that work and see that happen and see how that can feed your life and pay your bills, mm. I find that really empowering and I suppose inspiring but that's what to say about myself no, I don't mean I, that but just I mean, like the, the theory that. of that yeah, yeah, is definitely. inspiring and the fact that you're supporting now four other knitters like yeah. that you're empowering them like there's loads of yeah. going on yeah we're an amazing community and um, I think it's and we're all women as well there's like eight of us that work in oh, that yeah no well, there's, there's like four knitters and then there's a few other helpers and things yeah. like that so there's there's eight of us in the kind of team in team loud and yes empowering would be my word because yes. It's That's about good. a communal rather than just a communal thing rather than just me. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Makes no sense. It does, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, when it's not quite going to plan, my advice would be to throw the plan out the window. Yes. Trust your gut. And I know that's really lame because everybody says it and you're always like, oh, but I don't... It's so but important It's though. so important. Yeah. And, and so right. You're, it's so clever. It is. Yeah, it is. And you are your boss for a reason. Yeah. So it is the authenticity. <laughs> My best word. <laughs> um, and so you need to just go with it. I've never written a business plan or anything yeah. because I just think, what if I don't do it, then I'll feel bad about myself. Yeah, and yeah. It, it puts if pressure. I, yeah, it puts pressure on. And then also, what if you write one and then you feel like... Like that's all you can do and especially as a creative business yeah. the world's your oyster so yeah, don't definitely. don't bother with a plan <laughs> when it's not going to plan why have yeah. you got a plan yeah. <laughs> preach if i could go back to day one of my business i'd tell myself i would tell myself it'll all be okay which i bet everybody says but i think that there's so much self-doubt and mm. there's so much just worry about whether you're doing the right thing or not and there's so many hours wasted mm. on wondering if you are good enough and if you can pull it off yeah. and I would just like to like the, I feel like I'm so much more confident now and I wish I could gift that back to my younger self and be like it'll be are. fine don't yeah. worry about it it's so true though and I it's so funny because I stayed at my best friend's in Dorset last night and we met in school and we had that exact same conversation. We wish we could go yeah. back and say to like 14 year old me, you know, yeah. don't do this and you'll be all right. And oh, don't, don't worry about that. That's so yes. And I would tell myself that my dog's allergic to potatoes, so stop feeding him potatoes. Because that would save a lot of time and energy. <laughs> he's allergic to potatoes. He's allergic to, every, he's allergic to grass, carrots. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. That's why he's so fucking crazy. Oh my god, yes. That's so, I mean, so cute. <laughs> And the, the irony of it is that he's, he's a hypoallergenic dog as well, so like people can't be allergic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he hates what's we It's like his self sacrifice. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I won't yeah. hurt you. I'll take I'll it. I'll take it. it. <laughs> yeah, oh, we have to inject that. him every month with, like, um, with a vaccine. And and yeah, stuff. Oh, bless him. He's on a lot of tablets. That's cracking business advice, Lauren. Thanks. Don't feed your dog potatoes, girls. Number four is describing yourself as a businesswoman, but you've done that. So, number five, drum roll. I need to clear my throat. <laughs> I want my legacy to be that. I want my legacy to be that. I, no, I still don't know how it fits into a sentence. What are you trying to say? I want my legacy to be that I do anything, no matter how small or big, to help other people and the planet. 
in any in any way. So knitting is really good for mental health. So I get some really incredible messages from customers who have learnt to knit with our knit kits and it's helped them with their anxiety or trauma or anything like that. And I absolutely thrive on that. I just think that that's the most incredible thing that something we've done can help another human being. Mm. And also, obviously, with the kind of world being in such a tragic state if I can just do something that will help the people in it and the, and the planet in some way with like more sustainable materials and things like that that's all I all I want to do and I don't mind what scale that happens on why would change that that would okay. be perfect okay that's good <laughs> I love that thank you thank you we're good should we just do another one yeah. <laughs> okay, fast. I, I managed to actually put this one Thank you for listening to She Can, She Did. If you fancy being a complete star and doing your good deed for the day, please feel free to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes to give the She Can, She Did series a little boost and help others to find it. You can also attend the Midweek Mingles, the She Can, She Did event series for female founders and aspiring female business owners, featuring a whole lot of business inspiration and the all-important G&Ts in equal measure. For more information and to book your ticket, head to www.shecanshedid.com. I would love to see you there.